We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 380 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, August 19th, 2022. It is the day before my daughter's birthday. She'll turn two on Saturday. This also is the Friday before the Commander's second game in the 2022 preseason. Dare I call this a football Friday? Was last Friday. The day before the Commanders' preseason opening loss to the Carolina Panthers at FedEx Field, a football Friday. I don't know. We'll have to check with the official score of Sports Talk for that. Uh, Can you have a football Friday in the preseason? Hey, call this day of Friday what you want. I do know that we have the Commanders at the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday afternoon at 4. I also know that I will for a second consecutive Sunday, have a Commander's post-game show installment of the podcast for you. Yes, be on the lookout for that this weekend. Early Sunday morning, a special Commander's post-game show installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, The Commander's third down defense did not look so good against the Panthers. Uh, What might happen against Patrick Mahomes? and the Chiefs on Saturday. Hey, maybe we'll get a preseason shootout on Saturday. Carson Wentz and the Commanders, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Why the heck not? Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I have a special guest for you to talk Commanders in preparation for their preseason game at the Chiefs on Saturday. The DOC, former Redskins tight end Rick Doc Walker, the host of the Doc Walker podcast, my former tag team partner on radio, the man who stole the show with his performance as the color commentator for the NBC Sports Washington telecast of Commanders Panthers last Saturday afternoon. People were buzzing about Doc's performance, and for good reason. Uh, Doc is going to spend a good bit of time with us talking Commanders, and if you know Doc, (laughs) you know that he does not hold back. Uh, He has a lot to say about it. Carson Wentz, uh, about what's going on with Antonio Gibson, about the firing of defensive line coach Sam Mills III, and a lot more. Uh, If you are looking to get fired up 
about the commanders and also have a few laughs, a few chuckles. Uh, my conversation with Doc Walker is coming up. But before Doc, you and me are going to talk commanders. Uh, what exactly is the plan for playing time for commander starters at the Chiefs? Uh, well, that may well depend on who is playing. I'm going to get into the commanders missing a lot of guys right now, both at tight end and along the offensive line. And I'm going to discuss where we are with the aforementioned Antonio Gibson with his special teams work at Commander's training camp this week. Has Gibson being utilized on kickoff returns only been about him being humbled, if not demoted, off his struggles against the Panthers last Saturday afternoon? Well, maybe not. Uh, You'll hear from Ron Rivera and also the Commander's special teams coordinator, Nate Katzer. Uh, Also on the show, I'll talk Nationals. Uh, We unfortunately have some hideous Nats news Uh, One of their top starting pitching prospects, Cole Henry, needs surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome. That is a big blow for the rebuilding Nats. But the rebuilding Nats early Friday morning uh, did pull off a nice win, a 3-1 victory at the San Diego Padres, who since Juan Soto and Josh Bell started playing for the team are just 6-9 Tee-hee, if I may get giddy as I tape this, and let's see what time is it, 3.43 on Friday morning. Uh, And I'll talk Orioles. Uh, They, on Thursday afternoon, lost a 3-2 loss to the Chicago Cubs at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Uh, More bad offense for the O's, though they did get a good start from Spencer Watkins. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Ivan Lambert of Commander's Wire of USA Today on last Sunday's special Commander's postgame installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Writes Ivan, you continue to bring it every podcast, and I so much appreciate your hard work. Well, gee, thank you, Ivan. Continues, Ivan, you commented that you didn't know if listening to your special Sunday podcast would replace going to church Funny you would mention that. Uh Uh-oh. Sunday morning, I so wanted to listen to your podcast, but I determined it would be better for me to get my mind on going to our church's Sunday morning worship service, so I listened to some Christian music for about 30 minutes before departing to our church. But yes, following church at lunch, I listened to your Sunday podcast. I really enjoyed it, and so much love the concept of you providing a podcast the day after a Washington preseason game. I hope you are able to prepare and perform these Sunday podcasts on Saturday nights so you too can have rest on Sundays. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the email, Ivan. Uh, yeah, well, I completed last Sunday's episode of the podcast on early Sunday morning. So Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Uh, call it what you want. Uh, email from Dr. Michael D. Yet another doctor who listens to this podcast. Wow. Forget NIH. Uh, We should be funding research through the listenership of this podcast. Uh, Writes Dr. Michael D. You last mentioned me on episode 79 when I told you about a waitress who works near me and laughs like Coach Joe. She is still there and she still laughs. With football season approaching, I would like to hear my favorite soundbite to pay homage to the greatest coach in DMV history. Keep up the good. No, great work. Dr. Michael D. P.S. I never took hydroxycud, but I have vacationed at Fenwick Island. Uh, thank you for that email, Dr. Michael D. Uh, yes, I took hydroxycut 
on an empty stomach on the morning of my uh, very first professional on-air shift in radio, August 2002. Then felt awful. I should have seen a doctor uh, on that day. But yeah, man, Joe Gibbs, the laugh. It is a classic. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, the aw shucks, endearing laugh of Coach Joe. We will always cherish it. Uh, up next, how long will Carson Wentz and other commanders' first-team offensive players play for at the Chiefs on Saturday? Uh, the answer is not a simple one. And the latest in As the Antonio Gibson Turns. I'll get to all of that and more after this. Well, if you're like me, you like coffee, and coffee is a part of your routine. I drink coffee before every workout, and I'm a big fan of Trade Coffee, which right now is offering something very special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that offer in moments. But Trade Coffee tastes great, and Trade Coffee comes from a great place. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses that pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. So buying Trade Coffee gets you delicious coffee and supports small businesses and farmers. And here's maybe the best part. Trade Coffee tailors its coffee to you. Uh, You complete a very brief coffee quiz and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Uh, Trade Coffee delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew your coffee at home. And Trade Coffee guarantees that you'll love your first order or Trade Coffee will replace your order for free. Trade Coffee is a great model. There's no one perfect coffee but there is a perfect coffee for you. And so here's a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off first orders plus free shipping. Just go to drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Take the quiz and let Trade Coffee find you the coffee that you'll love. Again, $30 off. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. That's drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. One more time, visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, before we get to our special guest, Rick Doc Walker, talking commanders, uh, let's get into some commanders items from Thursday. Uh, what was technically the final day of 2022 commanders training camp, although moving forward, it's not like a ton is changing. Uh, the team still will be practicing and in the same location as where the team conducted 2022 training camp, the team's headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia. So the Commanders' regular season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field on September 11th still is more than three weeks away, but it's hard not to be at least a little concerned about how banged up the Commanders remain both at tight end and along the offensive line. Uh, The Commanders at their training camp practice on Thursday morning had a mere two tight ends available due to injury and actually had linebacker Nathan Gary taking reps at tight end. Uh, The commanders have been hurting at tight end for a while now. Logan Thomas remains on the active, physically unable to perform list due to a torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus that he suffered in the win at the Las Vegas Raiders last December 5th. John Bates has been dealing with a calf injury. Cole Turner has been dealing with a hamstring injury. Samus Reyes now is on the reserve injured list. Uh, Meantime, so depleted was the commander's offensive line on Thursday morning that their first team, their first team offensive line during Thursday morning's training camp practice was as follows. Cornelius Lucas at left tackle, Sadiq Charles at left guard, Chase Roulier at center, Aaron Montero at right guard. Who? What? Yes, Aaron Montero at right guard and Samuel Cosme at right tackle. So just two of the team's projected five offensive line starters were actually part of the team's first-team offensive line on Thursday morning, although left tackle Charles Leno Jr. had an excused absence as opposed to being injured. Uh, Also, Cornelius Lucas certainly is capable of starting, but uh, man, Aaron Montero at right guard. Uh, All due respect to Aaron Montero. Uh, The commander signed Aaron Montero as an unrestricted free agent this past May 23rd. He, earlier in May, was released by, wait for it, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Montero was a four-year player at Boston College. Uh, He started 32 consecutive games at one point. But the commanders have had right guard Trey Turner dealing with a quadriceps injury. Uh, Guard slash center Wes Schweitzer during Tuesday's practice hurt a hip. Uh, Center Tyler Larson remains on the active, physically unable to perform list due to an Achilles injury that he suffered in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field last December 12th. It's too early to panic about player availability for week one against the Jags, but it is worth noting that at tight end and along the offensive line, the commanders have been missing a lot of guys. And so that brings us to preseason game number two for the commanders at the Kansas City Chiefs this Saturday afternoon at 4. This was head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Thursday morning on if he has a sense of how long he plans on playing starters at the Chiefs. And then you'll hear multiple follow-up exchanges with Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. I really don't. Um, a lot of it has to do with the health of, of, of 
of our uh, specific players. Um, you know, when, when we do certain things on the offensive side, it's going to impact how all the other guys play. So hopefully we can stay healthy and we can get them in. Ideally, I'd like to play them the whole half. Okay, I, I really would, but I don't know if we can get that done. You know, with with some of the soft tissue injuries we've we've had to deal with. Is that ideally to play the whole half because that's just where yes. you are, or, or do you not anticipate no, it's, playing it's, them in the third? It's game? that time, right? You know, you start off, you play the first one quarter to quarter and a half, play the full half, and then what you'd love to do is see a little bit more coming out when you uh, when you play your third game. And when you're as thin as you are at guard right now, what does that do for your thoughts of how much you want to Absolutely. use Carson? That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, so there certainly is a dilemma for Rod Rivera regarding how long he should play quarterback Carson Wentz for at the Chiefs this Saturday. I mean, the last thing, the last thing uh, that you want is Carson or another key commander's offensive player getting injured in a preseason game due to the banged up offensive line. At the same time, Carson and the first team offense need work. Uh, So this is a tricky tightrope that Ron has got to walk on Saturday. And, oh, by the way, running back J.D. McKissick, he didn't practice on Thursday morning due to groin tightness. So it's possible that the commander's top third down back will not be available for Saturday at the Chiefs. Uh, Meantime, running back Antonio Gibson. Uh, What a last six days for him. Uh, He and the commander's preseason opening 23-21 loss to the Panthers at FedEx Field this past Saturday afternoon. As you may have heard, uh, had a bad game. Four carries for just two yards and a loss fumble. Uh, He had one reception for two yards on one target. He played on 25% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, During the game, Gibson got benched and then got brought back into the game with backups. Uh, Gibson got benched for the commander's third offensive drive, which resulted in running back Brian Robinson Jr.'s second quarter, third and goal, one-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run. But the commanders then put Antonio Gibson back into the game later in the second quarter with backups, including quarterback Taylor Heineke in the game. And then we had Ron Rivera's post-game press conference, uh, during which he essentially put Gibson on notice, uh, but not for his fumbling, for his running style. Quote, Antonio's got to run hard. When he starts to shuffle and go sideways, that's when he struggles, end quote. Uh, Also, during the presser, was Ron multiple times emphasizing the need for Gibson to, quote, stick his foot in the ground, end quote, including once while giving an answer in response to a question about Brian Robinson Jr., who had a very good game against the Panthers. And now we have had what we have had with Antonio Gibson at training camp practice this week. Uh, him doing things that he had not been doing, or at least that he had not been doing all that much. Uh, Gibson, during Tuesday morning's commander's training camp practice, was playing the slot in punt formations, a role that had been being filled by, yes, Brian Robinson Jr. And we had Gibson at one point practicing with the commander's third team offense. Now, the commanders in training camp practices did mix and match first, second, and third teamers, but Gibson practicing, especially with the third team offense for a portion of practice, stood out to a lot of people. And then during Wednesday morning's commanders training camp practice, Gibson was being used on kickoff returns. This was Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday morning on using Gibson on kickoff returns. We did that in college, did it very well. Um, you know, in our situation, we're, we're looking, you know, if you have one guy just focus on kickoff, the other guy focus on punt return, that makes it uh, a little simpler. 
And, and again, he was very explosive, very dynamic in college. Okay, that is true. Uh, Antonio Gibson in his 2019 senior season at Memphis averaged 28 yards over 23 kickoff returns and had a kickoff return touchdown. But it's impossible to take in everything that has happened with Gibson over the last six days and not conclude that all of this isn't Ron Rivera attempting to humble Gibson, if not Ron having already demoted Gibson from his spot as RB1. Uh, Ron, during his postgame press conference this past Saturday afternoon, was not happy with Gibson. That was as clear as could be. And now this week, Gibson has taken reps with the third-team offense and has played the slot in punt formations and all of a sudden is back on kickoff returns. I mean, you know, all of this isn't just one big giant coincidence, all right? Uh, If Gibson hasn't already been demoted, he at the very least has been put on notice. Uh, Ron Rivera, at the very least, is sending a message to Antonio Gibson. Ron Rivera, at the very least, is attempting to humble Antonio Gibson. Uh, like our friend, the Iron Sheik, likes to say, make him humble. Make him humble. Yes, cheeky baby, Rod Rivera. <laughs> he put Antonio Gibson in the camel clutch and Ron make Antonio humble. Make him humble. <laughs> yes, cheeky, break the jabroni's back and make him humble. Uh, Now, how is Antonio Gibson handling all of this? Is he handling all of this like a jabroni? Or is he responding the way that he should be responding? Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on what he has seen from Antonio Gibson during practice this week off his lost fumble this past Saturday afternoon. I think he's been fine. He's he's worked on some things individually. Um, You know, he's taken his reps the way I think you should take them, and he's continued to do that. Um, you know, and, and, and the biggest thing more so than anything else is, you know, and I've, I've, you know, I've said it to you guys, this is, this is more than a one-back league. I mean, you've got to have guys that have specific skill sets. All three of our, our top three backs all have a different skill set. And, you know, that's the important thing for, for how you're going to use them. Okay, so some praise from Ron Rivera right there for Antonio Gibson for how he has handled uh, what has happened with him this week. But the messaging from Ron at the end of that cut uh, was quite clear. This is a multi-back league, i.e. we ain't just writing Antonio Gibson this coming season. Like, think about that answer that I just played for you from Ron. He got asked a question about how Antonio has been handling things this week, and Ron ended up pivoting towards saying, this is a multi-back league. Uh, I think that that's quite telling. Uh, The commander's special teams coordinator is Nate Katzer. Uh, He, on Thursday morning, did a post-practice press conference. Here was Nate on the prospect of having Antonio Gibson on kickoff returns this coming season. Obviously, it, you know, social media has had some of his returns from Memphis out there recently. And I was aware when we got, he was one of the my Christmas present, Christmas toy type guys when we drafted him. So that those, what guys did in college never leaves my mind. And he's one that is in that category of if him or Brian Robinson, who has been practicing special teams all along, who, whatever their roles are on offense, we need to have one of them prepared or both of them prepared to do a job on special teams. AG is a returner. 
Bryant had some return production at Bama too. That doesn't mean he's going to be back there, but these running backs that are talented are very, very Swiss Army knife-ish to use that term on special teams. So AG, you've seen more of a role with us recently because just like we talked about earlier, we only have so many padded opportunities left and he needs some work in the event that we need him on a phase or two in the regular season. And certainly, his another thing he's got, a tool in his box, is the return game, which he was very good at. So again, we want to have him prepared to play. And again, I'll, I'll emphasize this because I don't think a lot of people realize this. People may see him practicing special teams, Antonio, and go, oh, you know, the offensive running back race. He's approaching it as a professional as I need to get ready just in case I'm playing. And they want to be, professionals want to be prepared. And that's an impressive part of Antonio's. He's approached this with great professional attitude, realizing I don't want my first special teams rep on punt to be against the Jaguars in the regular season opener. So whether he's out there or not, he wants to be prepared. And that's admirable because a lot of times as a special teams coach, and you guys all know this, I might be dealing with a player who's dealing with some disappointment on a role change on offense or defense. Not necessarily talking about AG, but sometimes when they walk in my office, they've been told by an offensive and defensive coach that maybe the, the other guy's going to start. So I'm not dealing all the time with guys that are just all excited to be talking to me, and it's our job to get them excited about embracing that role. And that starts with Ron and the personnel guys and the type of players they keep that can conduct themselves as professionals and, and be kind of a servant leader and, and embrace any role we give to them, even though they may be dealing with disappointment. All right, so that right there uh, was a lengthy, and I mean lengthy and detailed answer from Nate Katzer. Uh, that cut was nearly three minutes long. Uh, Nate Katzer, he has the commander special teams coordinator, doesn't do press conferences often. Uh, and so he on Thursday morning made sure to make the most of his time uh, at the mic. Uh, but good for Nate. Uh, but that was a really interesting answer. Uh, and I also want to make mention of this. Receiver Jahan Dodson during Thursday morning's commander's training camp practice was being used on punt returns. So specific to Antonio Gibson being used on kickoff returns this week, that wasn't necessarily just all about Gibson being in the doghouse. Uh, Gibson, like I said, was a kickoff returner at Memphis, and Jahan Dodson at Penn State had success as a punt returner. Uh, Dodson, over his four seasons at Penn State, totaled just 19 punt returns, so the sample size wasn't massive, but he ended his Penn State career as the school's all-time leader in career yards per punt return at 17.8. Rod Rivera on Thursday morning on potentially using Antonio Gibson on kickoff returns in a game and Jahan Dodson on punt returns in a game, perhaps as soon as this Saturday at the Chiefs. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Mitch Tischler of NBC Sports Washington. It's something to think about. You know, we know who he is. We know what he's capable of. But at the same time, we want to make sure he, he, he's comfortable back there. So we'll see how it, how it unfolds come, uh, come game time. And how do you balance kind of a productive player on offense also getting reps in that in the special teams there, not wanting to expose them any further to... Well, it, it's, it's, it's about need more than it is anything else. I mean, we get into game situations and something happens. If, if they've gotten no reps at it and you got to put them in there, you've kind of screwed yourself. So, we, you know, and as I, as I alluded to earlier, that's one thing that will happen you guys won't see. When we get into the regular season, 
you know, a lot of our veteran players, a lot of our starting players will have backup roles in, in, in specific special teams. Interesting to hear Ron Rivera say that, and that does play into the Ron mantra of position flex, uh, having guys who can help you in multiple ways. Uh, Well, Ron Rivera, as you likely know, is a skin cancer survivor. Did you know that skin cancer is among the most common of all cancers in the United States? Uh, The good news is that skin cancer also is among the most curable forms of cancer. Get checked, get screened, and someone who very much can help you with that is Dr. George Verghese. He and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer free skin cancer screenings. Yes, free. Call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He's a big Commanders fan. He's a loyal listener of this podcast. And operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland diagnoses and treats a broad range of acute and chronic skin conditions, including skin cancer. And yes, Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer free skin cancer screenings and offer state-of-the-art treatments for skin cancer. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland are the DMV's number one outlet for Mohs skin cancer surgery and for superficial radiation therapy, or SRT, which is an alternative to surgical procedures for basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers. You won't find better, more state-of-the-art, or more comprehensive skin treatment and services than what you can get from Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Early detection and treatment of skin cancer save lives. If you have questions or concerns about your skin, call Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, 301-396-3401. That's 301-396-3401. And make sure that you tell the Institute that Al Galdi sent you. That's 301-396-3401. You can also visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, nationally recognized for treating skin cancer across the Mid-Atlantic region. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, Don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you're really feeling generous, uh, please write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. Game two for the Commanders in their 2022 preseason is on Saturday. Commanders at the Kansas City Chiefs, Saturday afternoon at four. And joining me now is the man who stole the show with his performance in serving as the color commentator on the NBC Sports Washington telecast of the Commander's preseason opener, the 23-21 loss to the Carolina Panthers at FedEx Field this past Saturday afternoon. He is a friend. He is my former tag team partner on the radio. He is a former Redskins tight end. He is a Super Bowl 17 champion. He is a two-time NFC champion. He is a Rose Bowl champion for the 1975 season. He is the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, who is the host of his own podcast, the Doc Walker Podcast. You can follow Doc on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker, and he is here to do what he does so well, as it is time to talk 
X's and O's. Burgundy and gold. Oh, I miss that, my friend. It's uh, but you know, it's it, it's not over. There's still uh some decisions to be made. It is good to be in the arena. Um, Kenny Albert, I'm lucky. I, I've been so lucky because I've you know I've you know Chick Larry, um, in a national standpoint, Tony Roberts, Harry Callis. Dave Sims, it goes on and on and on. I mean, I've had pros, Gus Johnson. So, but it was good. It's good that vantage point. Um, uniforms, you know, they had a little bit of a change. Not the easiest for broadcasters to pick it up. I hope the fashion work works for them. But um, started off just awful to me. But again, I wasn't surprised because I watched Carolina scrimmage and go against Buffalo. They have already met someone of their equal and they've had to fight them and not like them. We don't do that. Two years in a row now, I've thrown up in my mouth because we don't challenge anybody else. We don't get our kids acclimated to tackle football. Now, he may be right. When I say Ron may be right, but seven wins don't give it Give me an assurance that it's right. So until you win 10 or 11 games this way, then I'm going to question it until you prove me wrong. And right now, when you get the ball stuffed down your throat by a guy who's been with a brand new team six days, yeah, I got a problem with it. I'm serious. I don't give a damn what the people object to or the Panther fans that think I give a rat's behind about their team. I'm not doing a national broadcast. I work for the Burgundy and Gold, and don't get it twisted. Well, my friend, it was truly a pleasure to watch and listen to you this past Saturday afternoon. Social media was on fire with what you were doing. Uh, I know that you over the years have done some of your best work in front of a camera, so I was not surprised uh, by your performance. But anyway, uh, the Commander's first team offense, uh, we'll see how long it plays for at the Chiefs, given the uh, depleted state of the offensive line. But what stood out to you about the commander's first-team offense in the loss to the Panthers? Well, um, Rulier's out. Our center, two of our guys are out. So big shout-out uh, to Keith Eshmel, who came in, and John, too. Those guys play a lot. See, preseason, you, you're not conditioned for four quarters at this stage of the game. So the guys that have people in front of them that are missing in action who had to keep double duty, like Amari, Amari Rogers and Curtis Hodges, they had to play the whole game, and they did it. They're young, and, and I, I was talking to Hodges last week, and I said, not that you want anything ill for your teammates, but I said, dude, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. You might have gotten six or seven snaps before. Now you get 24, 25. Ball out. So those guys did everything you could expect. They were aggressive in line blocking. They caught the football. They were in good shape. Now, I'll give Ron credit. His team was conditioned for this because in the fourth quarter was their best quarter with their babies. And that's what you want in preseason. But I do think Norrell, I'm conscious of the fact it's a new team for him. We thought Chris Paul was going to be there. He's out. So next man up, well, my man, Wes Schweitzer, who's an absolute assassin big nasty 
big, drives people into the ground. A little bit late at times. I love him. So he's there. To me, he's a starter, could play center. Uh, you look at Cosby, second year, gutting it out, Leno. So we had our two foundations at tackle who I, you know, I thought did well. And make no mistake about it, the Panthers, they're no joke. And they shouldn't be. If I won three games <laughs> before and cashed every check, yeah, I would expect what exactly what they did. They came out and, and played like they should have played. I was disappointed, but I ended up being pleased moderately because we our babies showed they had some fighting. Yes, the commanders came back. They rallied. Uh, they overcame a 26 fourth quarter deficit. I know you love that. Uh, Carson Wentz, where is the DOC right now with Carson Wentz? Everybody killed him over accuracy. So he showed me that he had rabbit ears. And see, I don't like the fact that you play, play it safe when you've been as good as he's been. That's just me personally. But he did his job. He made it safe. And maybe he needed that like a binky for a comfort zone for him. I don't like the fact that my number one pick, Jahan Dotson, don't get a ball. If I'm a QB1 and this guy has ripped up camp, he's been like D-Jax, then I, I, that's between me and him. I owe him one. I don't care what the circumstances are. But uh, Carson probably needed this from a mental standpoint. Physically, I have no doubts about him. He can flat out get it done. What I'm concerned about is, has the damage been way too much to heal? And if you think for one second, what happened in Philadelphia and Indianapolis is mild, then you're dumber than bricks. Most humans couldn't handle that. Can you imagine having a guy backing you up, goes in on your best year, and they end up putting a statue of the guy there? Come on, man. That's almost brain damage. You you expect that guy not to get rattled with that? Then you go to Indy, and for whatever reason, when you think you're in safe zone, and all of a sudden you're basically betrayed, yeah, he wasn't the only guy that blew a cork, but it, it was ugly. You saw it. So this is redemption. It should be a safe zone for him, but it's never going to be because it's what we do. We pick at everything. We look for weakness. And I, so I thought he was safe, but I didn't spend $28 million on safe. That's just me. You have said regarding Carson Wentz that your concern has to do with Carson from the neck up. When it comes to his ability to play the quarterback position, you are not concerned, correct? Absolutely. Carson Wentz will play another decade in this league. The question is, will he be a starter? And will he be a winner? And he's proven that. Listen, I was on the sidelines, and I, I said the story a million times. Chris Baker had him tied up like a pretzel. He got out of it and threw a 45-yard bomb. This dude's freakish. He's freakish. What he needs now is to trust. And I think that it's all on Coach Turner, Coach Sampezi, to get him to go. Even if you throw a pick six, so what? We got you. And this is where he needs friendship. It ain't got nothing to do with the football part. Carson Wentz can play. The question is, can he handle his pass? Will it haunt him or will he overcome it? And that's real talk. He's not the only person with demons over there, people fighting. There's a lot of them over there. 
and they need to step up because they've all been paid. You know me, I love you getting paid, but you can't be a bank robber. See, because I will bust you. I want you to make as much money as possible. Those who make the most have to do the most. And that has never been the thing around here. Yeah, we've had a lot of bank robbers over the years. Uh, a lot of bank robberies here over the years. FBI's most wanted list, brother. <laughs> we got people all over that <laughs> uh, Sam Howell. A lot to like about him in the second half of the preseason opening loss to the Panthers. Uh, what'd you think of Sam? Well, you know, you know I'm, I'm ignorant I am. I went to him <clears throat> last week and said, hey, um, I'm, I'm, I introduced myself. Big fan. I love, I watched him against Virginia Tech. I watched him, I watched four or five of his games, even as a freshman, when he had uh, Brown with him. And I said, I got a feeling you're going to end up being a player of the game of this summer. I think you're going to eat this summer up. And I'm doing the game. And I'm going to ask for your permission because if it's too much pressure, I'll back off. This dude looked at me. See, I can tell when guys are real. It was like veins were popping off in his eyeballs. He looked at me dead and I said, bring it. And I said, oh! But I went nuts. This is a week or so ago. I'm over there with goosebumps all over me. Because I just made a connection with a guy. I can't wait to see him today. See, I told him, I said, uh-huh. So I said, uh, and you know what? It wasn't nothing new to him. But you never know till you see it done. His team is down. He comes in and makes it happen. By contrast, a guy who I have grown to, man, I'm really a big fan. I'm a big fan of Antonio Gibson. I said, but no dessert. See, if he was at my table, you get no dessert. And I've seen him work. He's been hugging that ball. I swear, like a, he has done everything you can ask of him. Now, Randy Jordan, his coach, former baller, who does a hell of a job with his room, he's got to have a relationship with him now that Coach Turner has to get in Carson Wentz. Both these guys, it's head trauma. It ain't got nothing to do with ability. Gibson and Wentz are as talented as anybody in the league at, their, at what they do. Problem is, right now, Antonio needs, he needs to work this thing out. And, and you need a guy with experience that his coach will be able to do. And his teammates, they love it. They'll have to embrace him. But right now, this is minimal. Yeah, very rough game for Antonio Gibson against the Panthers last Saturday afternoon. Very interesting week for Gibson at Commander's training camp. I'm going to get more from Rick Doc Walker on the Commander's running back situation in moments. But if your lawn is as bad as Antonio Gibson's fumbling problem, you got to get with Weedman. Uh, Weedman cares for your lawn so that you don't have to. Uh, Weedman provides what your lawn needs to look great. Fertilization, weed control, aeration, seeding, and a variety of other services. If you don't have the time or the knowledge to make your lawn look great, no worries. Let Weedman take care of your lawn and take advantage of a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a fall tune-up at a great price, and aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. Uh, that's about $100 off the usual price for those services, call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. 
A beautiful spring lawn starts in the fall, so take advantage of this special offer and put Weedman to work for you. Weedman is a national network of locally owned franchises, so you'll receive the personal service that you deserve. Uh, Weedman answers your phone calls and emails promptly. Weedman does what it says that it's going to do. And all of that sounds simple, I know, and all of that is simple, but all of that isn't nearly as common as it should be. Uh, also, Weedman uses superior products that really improve your soil. Uh, Weedman's products are of the highest quality. Uh, Weedman does not cut corners, and Weedman only treats what needs to be treated. If you're not satisfied with your lawn, if you're not satisfied with who is treating your lawn, get with Weedman and take advantage of this special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a fall tune-up at a great price in aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $219. Again, about $100 off the usual price for those services. Call 571-340-3400 and mention the Al Galdi podcast for the special offer. That phone number again, 571-340-3400. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast so that you get the special deal. Uh, you could also Google Weedman and make a web request. Just make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman, a great lawn at a great price with great personal service. More now with Rick Doc Walker talking commanders. Uh, so DOC, Antonio Gibson, uh, not only the fumbling problem, but Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference last Saturday afternoon essentially put Gibson on blast for his running style. Quote, Antonio's got to run hard when he starts to shuffle and go sideways. That's when he struggles. End quote. Uh, then Gibson this week at commander's training camp took some reps with the third team offense and did quite a bit on special teams. Uh, is Brian Robinson Jr. going to be the top running back on the Commanders this coming season? You hope so. I would hope so. I want a pure running back to be my back. I've got utility guys. Let me tell you what. J.D. McKissick? Oh, my goodness. See, here's what Antonio is doing. Um, he's making himself expendable. Because I already got him. I got a version of him in McKissick who's on demand. He's on demand. Hey, Siri, I need a playmaker. Here he is. <laughs> I'm telling you. And there's no question marks about it. So I'm all into him. Love him. Tell you what, the guy who I would pick up in the middle of the night if his car broke down is Jonathan Williams. I love him. He runs like, I swear, if somebody gave my envelope, he opened it up and it was pictures of his family. And they was in a cave with people put with bow and arrows just pointing at him. And they told him, if you don't, the dude runs, I swear to God, <laughs> he, runs, he runs like, he runs like his, I've never, I mean, I, he run, you know, he reminds me of, God rest his soul, we just lost him, Cowboy running back. I knew I'd forget his name because he's a Dallas Cowboy player. But he ran so hard and he just, we just lost him last year. Not everybody runs like their pants is on fire. I love Jonathan Williams. He had some nice runs in the second half for sure. Uh, I want to get your take. Barber. Barber was his name. Barber. Oh, Marion Barber. Yeah. Marion yeah. Barber. Him and, and, and uh, kid up in Seattle, Beast Mode. Marshawn See, that's, a, that's something that you can't teach people. You either have it or you don't. Yeah, Beast Mode was drunk mode lately. He's got to watch himself there. Well, hey, 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 back off, okay? <laughs> he was under a lot of stress, okay? Yeah, yeah apparently G -G. so. 
the commander's defense. Uh, the commander's defense was said to have had a good training camp. Uh, now, we did see the defense have some problems in the loss to the Panthers, although we also saw some good stuff for the defense in that game. I thought that the pass rush did well. Uh, but what's your sense on this defense for this coming season? Is the defense going to be better than what the defense was last season? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm a little taken back. I mean, they were gutted. And, and whatever time you come into a game, you got your ones out there. And there's a guy who's been at his new team for 16 hours, and he takes the offense and drops it down your throat. You got to check yourself, okay? And I was questioning. I was like, well, this sweat playing? I'm looking around going, oh, okay. And then the boys got into it. You know, Payne and Allen, James Smith-Williams, Two Hill, love Two Hill to death. But if you're they, – they have something to prove. Uh, and I'm if I could plan it, I'd almost have planned it like this. Because we got enough so-called stars over there. It's really time that it's step up time. And I see how they work. If I weren't if I was not there every day, I'd have been mad as hell. But I'm there every day. I see how they work. So you know what? Carolina was just better. So, you know, sometimes it's pro ball. You don't win every play. Carolina, it meant more to them offensively. They're protecting a new guy. They got a quarterback competition going vets have a sense for that so i saw and also they've already beat up and gone toe-to-toe with the buffalo bills that was our guy's first real fire it's the first time they could go all out it's called tackle football yet you don't have one all-out play all camp until the preseason game well that's the result you get you get your teeth kicked in until guys muscle memory comes back and then you saw what we're made of. Then they came back and started roaring. And you ought to be glad that it's Two Hill and Mathis, and Wise, Obata, because those are the names we want to hear now. If we got to have our starters playing there, we're terrible. Okay. And last year was a PR campaign, and I'm sick of that. Let's see people actually go out and play. Pay a lot of money for Kendall Fuller. The thing that pissed me off is that the communication has been so good out in practice. Then we get in the game and people running free or something. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But other than that, then I'm saying, let's go. Who's the backups? Because I'll tell you what, Stephen Parker. Stephen Parker is my kind of guy. He's playing like it's his job. See, so when I see Gardner and, and Drayton, I'm looking for some young guns that want to go take somebody's job. Percy Butler. See, hey, I'm not we act like this team is the defending world champions often in this town. A seven-win team, in my opinion, should have no starters guaranteed anything until they prove they can win. What do you think about Ron Rivera firing his longtime assistant, the defensive line coach, Sam Mills III, and doing so multiple weeks into training camp? All I can say to you, my friend, is that you better hope that you're a friend of Ron Rivera. Because i tell you what, a lot of people talk friendship, uh, he backs it up. That's all I'm going to say. You got him in your corner, buddy, you got a, you got a guy that'll take a bullet for you. Because based on what I heard, 
Sam would have never returned in Christmas. His Christmas present would have been termination. <laughs> okay? So just based on not connecting with your players, not that he can't coach. I'm sure he can coach. But he couldn't coach the guys he had in his room because he couldn't get them to do what he wanted them to do. See, coaching is like teaching. If your students flunk, that's on you. If they get F's, who's that on? It's on the instructor. Okay, you're magnum cum laude, 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 you know what I'm talking about. The best teachers in the world aren't always the most popular people. But we all come back years later and say thank you. Because they rode you like secretariat. They did not let you up. You didn't have your homework. You know what I mean? That's teaching. Clearly, based on, let me look at my notes. What were they, 48%? Oh, that's right. That was 31st in the league. Okay, on third down. I got all these number one picks. And I'm 31st in the league on third down. And you ask why they fired him? Okay. All right. I know you're just trying to be nice. Yeah, well, Ron Rivera said that there was a philosophical difference with Sam Mills III. Coach Z, and if you've ever seen Coach Z out there, Coach, he looks like Hercules. Yeah, Jeff Scanina. He's padded up. If you didn't know better, you would have thought he was in charge. And that's what I want my coaches to look like. It's teaching. If you're not a good communicator, look, I don't know because I was exiled. I wasn't at the facility for a year. I never saw him. I didn't know a lot of these people who they were. I'd never seen them before. So I'm going, let's move on. Did you hear anybody that played for him, fight for him? He's got four number ones up there. Did you hear anybody fight for him? Thank you. I rest my case. Next. Yeah, it was almost like there was celebration when Sam Mills III got fired. One more for you. Uh, You have been at Commander's Training Camp. Uh, You are a very good judge of this. The practice that Ron Rivera runs. Does Ron run a professional and proper NFL practice? Yes, he does. They're very organized. No, he does all of that. He's played within the rules. Of course, I asked him. He said, got 10 padded practices. And I said, okay, I guess you follow the rules. You know me. I don't mean I'm right. Trust me. Most of you shouldn't follow anything I say because you're not built for this. Did you see hard knocks with the Lions? I rest my case. So apparently not everybody's following the same standards, rules that we do. And that's okay. Let's see. They won what? One or two games. Let's see in the end. The Ravens, and you know me. The Harbaugh fought that, 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 that little dude. <laughs> they win every game. It's, it's like, and I'm going, yeah, it makes sense. Why tell people that are working for you that are making a living that we're not trying to win? The object is to win. The game is tackle football. I know what you're going to say. They had 21 injuries. Yeah, they sure did. They had 21 injuries. They had 21 injuries. And they made the playoffs. Okay? That tells you how much it's in their core. Their core foundation is that this is not an easy game. And so I can't wait to get up to Baltimore because that's how I test us against them because to me they set a standard of toughness and we'll find out geez it's always about violence with you isn't it violent sport it's like NASCAR you don't like speed get out the sport (laughs) I'm just saying we we keep trying to change it's called tackle football not shells and caps and now they got the guardian headgear on 
Next, won't you just put them in styrofoam and roll them out to the plane? <laughs> or just, just make it flag. Flag or tag, okay? But for God's sakes, you know, it's tackle football. We're paying people more than we've ever paid them in, in the history. And yet we're out there as if they are. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Well, I'm going to buy you a Guardian helmet for Christmas. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> okay, I'll put it on my, put it on my pit bull. He can run around it. Yeah. The DOC, Rick Doc Walker, the Rick Doc Walker podcast. My friend, I always love it. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it very my much. My tag team partner for life. Thank you, man. My best to your family. Well, before we get to what happened with the Nationals late night on Thursday night, I do want to acknowledge uh, awful Nats news that has come out. Uh, one of their top starting pitching prospects, Cole Henry, needing surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, TOS. Uh, thoracic outlet syndrome has become like a plague for Nats pitchers. Uh, Cole Henry has become the third Nats pitcher over the last two years to need surgery for TOS. Uh, starting pitcher Steven Strasburg in late July 2021 underwent his season-ending surgery to address neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, reliever Will Harris in June 2021 underwent season-ending surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, neither Strasburg nor Harris has been the same since his surgery for TOS, and I don't think that either guy ever will be uh, as he was before the surgery again. Uh, both guys appear to be done, and as much as I hate to say it, the same may be true for Cole Henry. Now, Henry is a lot younger than Strasburg and Harris, but thoracic outlet syndrome has become like a career killer for pitchers, and that one of the Nats' top pitching prospects in Henry needs surgery for TOS is just such a gut punch, especially when you consider the state of the Nats, right? Really bad team, rebuilding team. They need all of the help they can get in terms of prospects. Uh, Cole Henry is the Nats' number six prospect per MLB pipeline. One of the actual few positive developments for the Nats this season had been the rise of Cole Henry. Uh, the Nats on June 2nd promoted Henry from AA Harrisburg to AAA Rochester. Henry, at the time of the promotion, had been excellent for Harrisburg in the 2022 season. Seven starts, 23 and two-thirds innings, an ERA of 0.76, a whip of 0.59, a strikeouts per nine innings of 10.2. Uh, the Nats took Henry in the second round of the 2020 MLB draft out of LSU. Uh, this season was Henry's age 22 season. And now not only is his season over, but his career is in jeopardy. And even if he does come back to pitch again, the idea that he'll be as he was before the surgery seems unlikely. Uh, I wish the guy nothing but the best. I'm certainly hoping that he comes back strong. You know, I hope that he comes back stronger than ever. But I don't know how you can bet on that, given the track record of pitchers who undergo surgery for thoracic outlet syndrome. You know, at least with Tommy John surgery, there is now a lengthy list of pitchers who have come back and pitched well. In some cases, have come back and been better than the pitchers were prior to the surgery. But with thoracic outlet syndrome, we have no such track record. Uh, just terrible news with Cole Henry. 
Uh, anyway, with that uplifting item, uh, we move now to what happened with the Nats late night on Thursday night. And what happened was the Nats win, uh, a 3-1 win at the San Diego Padres for Nats manager Davey Martinez and the boys. I'm proud of the boys. Yeah, Davey and the boys. Uh, early Friday morning, completing a win at the Padres for whom things have not gone so well since trading with the Nats for right fielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell. Uh, Each guy's first game with the Padres was on August 3rd. The Padres, starting with games on August 3rd, are just 6-9. and Uh, Bell, in particular, has been terrible. Bell, on Thursday night, was the Padres' starting DH in number 5 batter. He went 0-4 with a strikeout. He is a Padre now, has an OPS of just 419. Uh, the Nats, uh, they improved to a major league worst of 40 and 80. So the Nats finishing with a winning record still as possible as the Nats still have not suffered their 81st loss in this 2022 major league regular season. Uh, what we had on Thursday night was a pitcher's duel uh, between Padre starter Yu Darvish and, believe it or not, Nats starter Anibal Sanchez. Uh, now, Yu lasted for eight and a third innings. Anibal lasted for just five innings. But Anibal, for the first time in seven major league starts for the Nats in the 2022 regular season, was good. Uh, one run in five innings. He gave up just one hit. Uh, which was a one-out solo homer by former Oriole Manny Machado in the bottom of the fourth to tie the game at one. Uh, Anibal had four strikeouts versus two walks. He threw 79 pitches, 45 strikes versus 34 balls. He came into the game with an ERA of 7.20 over six major league starts in the 2022 regular season, but he late night on Thursday night was good. So credit to Anibal Sanchez and also good for the Nats late night on Thursday night was their bullpen. And how about how the game ended? So five Nats relievers on Thursday night combined for four scoreless innings with four strikeouts. Jake McGee in the bottom of the sixth faced three batters, got two outs as he issued a one-out five-pitch walk of ex-Nat Juan Soto. Hunter Harvey faced four batters and got two outs. Victor Arano came into the game in the bottom of the seventh with one out and a runner on first. Arano gave up a single and a walk to the first two batters he faced to load the bases, but he then recorded back-to-back swinging strikeouts of the Padres' numbers one and two batters, Trent Grisham and Juan Soto. And Soto, upon swinging and missing for the third strike, slammed both his bat and helmet on the ground. Victor Arano frustrated, aggravated the great Juan Soto. Uh, Then we had Carl Edwards Jr. tossing a perfect bottom of the eighth. And then we had what we had with Kyle Finnegan. So Finnegan tossed a scoreless bottom of the ninth for the save, uh, despite issuing back-to-back one-out walks. Uh, He issued a one-out five-pitch walk of Will Myers, then issued a one-out five-pitch walk of Ha Sung Kim, but Finnegan then induced a game-ending 4-6-3 double play off the bat of Jerickson Profar, and Finnegan ended up getting the save despite over his 19 pitches, throwing a mere seven strikes versus 12 balls. Uh, You cannot say that Kyle Finnegan was good. I mean, seven strikes versus 12 balls is wretched, especially for an ace reliever. But Finnegan ultimately did get the job done. Uh, The Nats late night on Thursday night won despite scoring just three runs uh, and totaling just six hits and one walk. The Nats went one for four with runners in scoring position. You know, the Nats on Thursday night pitched well and played good defense. And so for once, the lackluster Nats offense 
wasn't the story. The story was, hey, you know, an old school kind of win, you know, a pitcher's duel, good defense kind of win for the Nats, as opposed to the offense uh, just continuing to not be good. Uh, But, you know, the offense, while it wasn't good overall, uh, did produce two runs in the top of the ninth to break a one-all tie. Uh, Nelson Cruz in that Nats two-run ninth, a tie-breaking, bases-loaded, one-out, four-pitch walk off Padres reliever Josh Hader to give the Nats a 2-1 lead. Hader, by the way, another major trade acquisition for the Padres this season is not doing well. Uh, Cruz on Thursday night as an ad starting DH and number five batter 0 for 3 with the RBI walk and two strikeouts. Uh, also key in that Nats two-run ninth was Alex Call. He came off the bench to play left field for Yadiel Hernandez, who left the game due to a cramp. Uh, Call had a one-out first pitch single to center field to knock you Darvish out of the game. And Kbert Ruiz in that Nats two-run ninth, a one-out bases loaded RBI sack fly for a 3-1 Nats lead. He is an Nats starting catcher and number six batter went 0 for 3 with the RBI sack fly and two strikeouts. Uh, but the offensive star of the game for the Nats was, believe it or not, Ildemaro Vargas. Uh, Ildemaro Vargas was the Nats starting third baseman at number nine batter. He went two for three with a solo homer and a single. Uh, Vargas in an Nats one run third, a two out solo homer off you Darvish to right field for a one nothing Nats lead. And Vargas in the top of the six, a one out first pitch single off you Darvish to center field. Uh, Ildemaro Vargas now over 47 plate appearances for the Nats at the major league level in the 2022 regular season has an on base percentage of a 362. And he pretty clearly has supplanted Michael Franco as the Nats' number one third baseman. Uh, we lately are seeing a lot more of Ildemaro Vargas than we are of Michael Franco. Not that either guy is a potential building block for the Nats, but uh, the Nats on August 1st selected the contract of Ildemaro Vargas from AAA Rochester. This was done off the Nats earlier in the day, having traded their super utility man, Ray Adrianza, to the Atlanta Braves for outfielder Trey Harris. Uh, the Nats signed Vargas as a free agent this past May. This season is his age 30 season. He's not some potential building block for the Nats, uh, but he, like Adrianza, is a defensively versatile veteran. Uh, Vargas, at the major league level, has played a number of positions. Uh, second base, third base, shortstop, first base, left field, and right field. Game two for the Nats at the Padres, Friday night at 940, Paolo Espino, will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Game three for the Nats at the Padres Saturday night at 8.40. Josiah Gray will be the Nats' starting pitcher. And game four for the Nats at the Padres Sunday afternoon at 4.10. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Well, another loss for the Orioles, uh, what was a fourth loss in six games. Uh, the O's on Thursday afternoon lost to the Chicago Cubs 3-2 at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in a makeup of a rain-postponed game. Uh, the O's now are 61-57 and and two and a half games behind the Tampa Bay Rays and Toronto Blue Jays. The Rays and Blue Jays are tied for the American League second wild card spot. Uh, the Orioles lost to the Cubs on Thursday afternoon. It was another loss in which the O's did not hit. Uh, just two runs, just six hits. Uh, the O's did work four walks. Uh, the O's went two for eight with runners in scoring position. When you look at the Orioles' overall offensive numbers for the season, uh, they're not good. Uh, the O's for the 2022 regular season now are just a 21st out of 30 major league teams in Team OPS at 693 and are just 25th 
out of 30 major league teams in team on base percentage at 304. The truth is that the O's are having the success that they're having this season far more due to their pitching and defense than they are due to their hitting. And that's surprising given that coming into the season, you felt better about the hitting uh, than you did about the pitching and the fielding. Uh, Also, Thursday afternoon's loss uh, was a second consecutive game in which the Orioles' bullpen faltered. Uh, The O's entered the eighth inning trailing 1-0, but Joey Crable in the top of the eighth gave up two solo homers to put the O's down 3-0. The O's in the bottom of the eighth did score two runs, but the uh, comeback fell short. Uh, Adley Rutschman has the Orioles' starting catcher and number two batter 0 for 2, but he drew two walks. Uh, Rutschman's on-base percentage since the O's brought him up to the majors on May 21st is 360. Uh, That's terrific. Uh, Cedric Mullins has the Orioles' starting center fielder and number one batter 1 for 4 with a triple and a walk, but he left four men on base. Austin Hayes as the Orioles starting left fielder and number seven batter. One for four with a double, but boy, have Hayes' offensive numbers come tumbling down. He, since late June, has struggled big time offensively. Hayes' OPS for the month of August is 495. His OPS, his on-base percentage plus slugging percentage for the month of August is 495. That is brutal. Uh, a bright spot for the O's on Thursday afternoon was their starting pitcher, Spencer Watkins. Uh, he was making his first start since August 7th. His previous outing had come in relief. Uh, Watkins in the 8-2 loss at the Rays this past Saturday allowed three runs in three innings of relief. Uh, D.L. Hall was the Orioles starting pitcher for that game. He in his Major League regular season debut allowed five runs in three and two-thirds innings. But uh, Watkins on Thursday afternoon was good. Uh, one run In five and two-thirds innings, he gave up five hits, a homer, a double, and three singles. He had two strikeouts versus no walks. Uh, He threw a lot of strikes, 80 pitches, 55 strikes versus 25 balls. Uh, He did commit a throwing error on a pickoff attempt. But Spencer Watkins overall has been good as a starting pitcher for the O's at the major league level this season. Watkins now over 17 major league games with 16 starts in the 2022 regular season has an ERA of 404. Next up for the O's, a three-game series against the Boston Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Game one, Friday night at 7.05, Jordan Lyles will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday afternoon at 4.05, Kyle Bradish will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. And game three, Sunday night at 7.10, what will be the Sunday nighter on ESPN, Dean Kramer will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So the next episode of this podcast will be out on Sunday. Uh, I will have a show for you on Sunday. What will be episode 381? What will be a special Commander's postgame show installment of the podcast off their second game in the 2022 preseason? What it sets up to be the dress rehearsal. Uh, Commanders at the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday afternoon at four. So no matter what you are up to this weekend, no matter what deviant acts that you are up to this weekend, uh, know that when you wake up, on Sunday morning, from whatever you did on Saturday night, uh, you will have waiting for you a Commander's postgame show installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great Saturday. And I'll talk to you on Sunday. Make you 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.